You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. And who knows why? Maybe they thought, you know what, I can handle this. I'm an Israeli, man. I can handle this. You know, I don't have to bow to the bail. I can just, you know, go in and have, you know, talk to people and have a few snacks and then leave. No, they got trapped. And really it came down to an issue of trust. God says, don't accept the invitation. Do I trust that he knows what's best? Or am I going to handle things on my own because I think I know better? Do you trust God completely? Or do you trust God only if he does what makes sense to you? Do you serve God or does God serve you? Today, Pastor Holland challenges our trust in God and notes that God may not always make sense to us. We learn to trust God when He speaks. We obey and we see positive results. When we see God working, we learn that He can be trusted, even if it does not make sense at first. Let's build our life trusting God implicitly and realize that He sees all and knows our future. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Numbers chapter 22 as he continues his message, Enemies in the Wilderness, part two. Jesus uses the truth to set you free. Jesus uses the truth in love to liberate you. But this enemy uses the truth to devastate you, to lay waste to you, to bring you to a place of utter hopelessness, where you get to a place where you say, why live? Why go on? Things will never change. There's no hope. I'll just accept my fate. And it's better to be in the presence of the Lord anyhow. Why go on? You see, that's the lie. Ultimately, this enemy wants you to believe so that you will be devastated. Balak hires a Gentile prophet by the name of Balaam of Beor to curse Israel. Uh, he's from a place called Petra. And Bilam means destroyer of the people. Destroyer of the people. Beor means to consume, to clean out until there's nothing left. He's from Petra, which means to interpret dreams. And so listen to what this enemy does. This evil prophet interprets your dreams and then uses them against you to destroy you. Oh, you want to be successful? It's your dream to be successful? I know how to make you successful. Do this. You'll be successful. Oh, you want to be famous? You want to be well-known? You want to have influence? I know how to give you influence. Do this. And you'll have all the influence you want. And this enemy will use the dreams that God put inside of you and twist them and force you down a path that will consume you until there is nothing left. And I've seen this story over and over and over again because the goal is simply to destroy you. And how many people do you know who chase their dreams and you see them years later only to find their dreams destroyed, their families, their marriage, their friendships, there's nothing left, they're just alone. And that's what this enemy does. And look at the tactic, how he comes to attack you. Balak 
takes Bilam to three different locations. And each one of these locations he takes him to are significant. The first place he takes him is to the high places. This is a picture of the high places, the actual place where it probably would have happened. This is in a place called Bamot Baal, which means basically the high place of Baal where Baal was worshipped. And it was from this place that he was able to see the nation of Israel. In Numbers 22, 41, we read, So it was the next day that Balak to Bilam and brought him up to the high places of Baal, that from there he might observe the extent of the people. And so what does this represent? This represents the present tense. This represents the present tense. And from this high place, Bilam is able to see the entire nation, the entire nation as it exists presently in its present state. And it's from this high place, a place where Baal was worshipped, that Bilam attempts to curse Israel in its present form. But God will not allow Israel to be cursed. In Numbers 23, 8, we read, How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? And here's the thing. And this is something that believers just don't believe. And I don't know why we don't believe this. But this is a principle that many believers don't believe. Many believers believe they can be cursed. And some even believe that God is the one cursing them. And I hear it all the time. Oh, I got sick. I got cancer. Maybe God's trying to get my attention. No, that's demonic. That is a lie. God is good. God doesn't need cancer to get your attention. The one who created the heavens and the earth, the one that got a donkey to talk, he could send your poodle and come up and sit on your lap and say, you need to listen to God. Mm-hmm. Or if you got a chihuahua, he'd be like really paranoid. Like, you'll be like me if you don't listen to God. <laughs> but it's crazy what we've been taught about God and what we believe about God. It's insane. It's insanity. God is not like that at all. But they believe they can be cursed. But right here it says, how can I curse whom God has not cursed? God has not cursed you. How can I denounce whom God has not denounced? God hasn't rejected you. God has not denounced you. If you're a child of God, you are not cursed. You are not denounced. You are not rejected. Rather, you are blessed by God. That is the status that you have, blessed. That's how God sees you. People put a lot of stock in the curses of the enemy. Oh, I'm being cursed by the enemy. Well, if you believe that, yeah, you are. If you let that in, yeah, you will be. If that's what you want, you'll get it. I don't want it. I don't accept it. God says I'm blessed. I am not cursed. The enemy can't even curse me. And we see that with Bilam. Bilam tries to curse Israel, and God says, no, you're not going to curse them. They're blessed. And refuses to let Bilam curse Israel. In Deuteronomy 23, 5, it says, Nevertheless, your Lord, your God, would not listen to Balaam. Didn't listen to him. You can have witches that are cursing you. God doesn't listen to them. Their words don't count. God's does. 
But the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Do you believe it? Do you believe that you are loved by God? The second place that Balak takes Bilam is to the top of Pisgah. And this is the place where Moses is going to die because of his unbelief. And what's going on? The enemy is using Israel's past against them. Remember, they're in the wilderness because of unbelief. And the enemy is attempting to curse Israel because of their unbelief. But God doesn't allow the enemy to curse Israel because of unbelief. And in Numbers 23, verse 19, we read, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He is blessed and I cannot reverse it. When God has blessed you, it can't be reversed. The enemy cannot do something else. Now you say, well, how did God bless Israel in the wilderness? Well, God blessed Israel by being patient with Israel, by providing for Israel, by caring for Israel. Even though Israel was filled with unbelief, what did God do? God still loved them. God still fed them. God still provided for them, gave them water to drink in the middle of the desert. Provided for them until unbelief died a natural death in the wilderness. All the unbelief died in the wilderness. And that is what God does with you. As a child of God, God doesn't judge you because of your unbelief. He's patient with you. He loves you. He provides for you. He cares for you. And he continues to be patient with you until grace has its full work in your life. And you're liberated until unbelief dies a natural death in you. You see, the longer you walk with God, the more he begins to convince you of how good he is. The more that you spend time with him, really spend time with him, and not just know about him, but know him, knowing him, knowing who he is, and understanding him. And there's a a lot of flack I'll take from time to time, because I don't like it when people misrepresent God. And I don't like it when people teach things about God that just isn't true. If you believe that God has made you sick, why would you ever turn to him for healing? If you believe that God has taken something from you, why would you ever go to him for provision? If you believe that God has robbed you in some way, why would you turn to the Lord in your day of trouble? If you believe you're created by God a certain way, why would you ever want to even follow God to begin with? Why? If he's the source of your problems, why would you ever go to him for help? Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. 
Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus People community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. And the problem with that is that it's just not true. God is not the source of your problems. He is always your solution. He was always your help. He is always your healing. He is always your hope. He's always the one that you turn to. And he was always there for us. The third place that Balak takes Bilam is to the top of Peor. And Peor represents their future. Because Peor is the place where they will, in the future, give themselves over to the worship of Baal. It's the place where they will give themselves over to idolatry. And here's what the enemy loves to do. The enemy loves to accuse you of what you might do. Accuse you of what you haven't done, but you might do because I know your potential. I know what you really are like. And I know, given the right circumstances, you're just as evil as everyone else. He loves to accuse you of things you haven't done things that you're afraid you'll do. And he will use fear of the future to keep you locked in bondage and never let you move forward. That's what accusation does. might be something you've never done or would ever have the capacity to do, but it weighs on you like a curse. And it keeps you from seeing right It keeps you from seeing things rightly because it keeps you focused on what you think and not what God thinks. It keeps you focused on the wrong thing. Notice God defeats accusation with truth. That's how he defeats it. And not just any truth, with his truth. In verse 5 it says, How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens by the riverside, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. He shall pour water from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agog, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brings him out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox. He shall consume the nations, his enemies. He shall break their bones and pierce them with his arrows. He bows down. He lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who shall rouse him? Blessed is he who blesses you, and cursed is he who curses you. God says, ignore the accusation. This is how I see you. Ignore what the world says about you. This is how I see you. That's what God says. But here's where the enemy gets really sneaky. Because he knows he can't curse your past. He knows you can't curse your present. He knows you can't even curse your future because God won't allow him to do it. If you're just walking 
as a, in the ordinary things of a believer, reading his word, believing his word, following, simply obeying him, trusting him with your life. The enemy knows that you're walking in blessing. You're not going to be cursed in your past, present, or future. And so what does he do? He attacks you where you're most vulnerable. And that is in your natural passions and desires. And those are things that God has created inside of every single one of us. Every single one of us has natural passions and desires put there by God. And the enemy will use those against you. In verse uh, 1 of chapter 25, Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. And so Israel was joined to Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. And so Balak encouraged the women of Moab to seduce the Israeli men. And what they would do is that when they were in the throes of passion, the women would pull out their idols and tell the men, listen, I'll make all your dreams come true. You just have to bow down to this idol. And of course, what did they do? 150,200 men bowed to Baal. So how do we know that? Because the rabbis counted them for us. 150,000 men gave themselves over to the worship of an idol. Having their passions and desires aroused, they gave in. Now here's the thing. They shouldn't have even been there to begin with. They shouldn't have even been in that location. But how did it start? With an invitation. It says it right here. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their God. And it always sounds innocent. Hey, guys, we're going to have a party. Want to come to our party? It's going to be awesome. We're going to have barbecue, going to have great food, going to have some little drink, you know, it's going to be awesome. Some cute girls, some cute guys, you know, it'd be a place to hang out. And, uh, oh, by the way, we have this bail thing we're doing, but, you know, I mean, that's beside the fact. <laughs> you don't have to be a part of it, just, you know, just kind of hang out. And so that's what they did. They ate the food. They got drunk, had a good time, seemingly innocent. And then it says they observed the people worshiping the Baal. And usually what would happen at that point is that the whole thing would turn into a drunken orgy. They observed it. They got drawn into it and eventually gave into it. And when they gave into it, boom, the trap was set. And they were trapped. And that's what the enemy does. And it all began with an invitation. You see, there's some places, some invitations we shouldn't receive. There's some places we shouldn't go. Just don't go there. Don't be in the environment. Why? Because you don't need to be in that environment. You don't need to see what's going on there. I've even talked to evangelists. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really there for the Lord. Really, it seems like they're having more of an influence on you than you're having on them. There are some places that as believers, we just shouldn't be. Because when the trap is set, we'll be put in the path of judgment. And they should have known better. Because listen to what God told them in the book of Exodus. This is 40 plus years earlier. He says this 
in Exodus 34, for you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they play the harlot with their gods and make sacrifice to their gods, and one of them invites you, and you eat of his sacrifice, they should have known exactly what was going on, and they should have ran for their lives, but they didn't. And who knows why? Maybe they thought, you know what, I can handle this. I'm an Israeli, man. I can handle this. You know, I don't have to bow to the bail. I can just, you know, go in and have, you know, talk to people and have a few snacks and then leave. No, they got trapped. And really it came down to an issue of trust. God says, don't accept the invitation. Do I trust that he knows what's best? Or am I going to handle things on my own because I think I know better? And the way that this enemy, the Moabites, are defeated is by simply, completely trusting my life in God's hands. No matter what I think, what I feel, what I see, what I want, I'm just going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust that He knows what's best. And it doesn't matter. I thank God. I have a wife that is um, very discerning. And there's been many times where she just says, don't get involved in that. I'm so grateful I did it. And there are times where I thought, I know better. God speaks to me. And I come to regret it every single time. It comes down to a matter of trust. Do you trust the Lord? And do you trust his leadership in your life? You might say, well, I've, I've been like the Israeli guys. I've blown it. I've given in. Maybe I feel like I'm under judgment from God right now. The good news is, is that God is a God who forgives. And God is a God who restores. And if you've sinned, he's made a provision through Jesus Christ. That if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That if you give your life over to Jesus Christ, surrender to his plan, his will for your life. That he's a God who loves to restore. He's a God who loves to heal and a God who loves to reconcile. And in the same way that you had accepted an invitation to evil that led to death, all you need to do is accept an invitation from Jesus that leads to life. And it's an invitation that he's always giving. It's an invitation that's always out there. And he's always waiting to receive anyone who calls on his name because he loves you. And that's the default that God has towards you. Not to judge you, not to condemn you. He doesn't want anybody to be condemned. He wants everyone to come into that salvation, to experience eternal life through Jesus. Thank you for listening today. When I was a young man, Jesus made himself known to me. I was sitting in a Bible study and I heard an audible voice say, Holland, I love you. And those words changed my life. And you know, those words can change your life today as well. You know, Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And today you can begin that eternal everlasting life by praying a simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, 
I surrender to you. I want to live my life for you. Forgive me for everything I've done to offend you. Forgive me for breaking your law. I want to surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you've done that, you're born again. You've been listening to a message in a series through the book of Numbers. Pastor Holland has more to share from this Old Testament book, and we look forward to the next edition of Worship Life Radio. We're so glad you took the time to hear from God's Word today. Numbers is a mix of rules and rituals, sprinkled with details of God's expectations, as well as giving you some good insights into some of the larger events that occurred during this time of wandering in the wilderness. God gave the people many opportunities to follow in obedience, which would include blessing, but many times the people chose their own way, which led to death and judgment. It's a recurring pattern that happens with human nature. One thing's for sure, God gives chances and grants mercy, but he also must judge for sin and wickedness. As you listen to these teachings, do you appreciate the way that God responds to things, or does it bother you in some way? If you'd like to get in touch with us about what you've heard today, feel free to call us at 949-228-9117. That number again is 949 949- 228-9117. We'd be happy to talk with you about any questions, comments, or concerns. Another way you can learn more about what you're hearing is by listening to additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvarysanclemente.org. Click on the Teachings tab. We're thankful that you spent some of your day listening to the Word and hope you'll join us again on Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.